So we're so uh, joyful this morning. It's such a celebrational service. It's been wonderful to see the teens and the youth with us and, and to be able to gather all today celebrating what God is doing in the lives of His people. And today is also Bring a Friend Day. We are excited to be able to have guests with us, friends with us. Uh, perhaps there's some of you here today who you were invited by a neighbor, a co-worker, uh, a relative, a friend. Uh, and they said, hey, we have Friend Day in our church. Would you come and join us here? If you are a first-time or second-time guest here at Elohim, would you feel comfortable enough just to stand where you are right now? First-time or second-time guest? Amen, 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 amen. Yes, amen, amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're so happy that you're here. You may be seated. So happy that you're here. And uh, after the service in our fellowship hall, we have a small gathering together. We have a small gathering set up for you. Those who have brought you are welcomed as well. We got some snacks and uh, it'll be an opportunity for you to meet some of our leadership and, and talk a little bit about our church and just to get to know you a little bit more personal. So right after the service, our leaders are going to guide you there if you're comfortable enough and you have five minutes. That's all we're going to take of your time and, uh, and you'll be able to have some coffee with us and uh, uh, and some water there and some snacks and just a time of sharing. We're so happy that you're here. We also have a small gift for you as well that we'd love to give you on behalf of our church and our, our, our congregation here today. Welcome. So happy that you're here uh, this morning. How many thank God for this worship team, all right? Those that work upstairs, our ushers, our security, you guys are awesome. So thankful for this time. So I'd like to share a, a teaching with you this morning from the scriptures. And you may uh, continue to stay seated. And it is found in Matthew chapter 8, Matthew chapter 8, 1 through 4, Matthew chapter 8, 1 through 4. And I like to speak on the theme today, full restoration, full restoration. It is a, um, it's a beautiful story that shows us uh, the love and compassion that Jesus has upon all people, upon all people. Matthew chapter 8 verses 1 through 4, and our title this morning is Full Restoration. For those who are visiting us or new to the congregation, I uh, just want to let you know that we have a, a, we have a prayer service on Tuesdays, and now in the summer we alter our schedule a little bit where Tuesdays is not just a prayer service, but it's also a time of, uh, we treat it like a Sunday starting um, Starting the second week of July, we treat it like a Sunday where we uh, have worship and preaching and encouragement. So it's a lot of fun. And then we give all the ministries a break from Friday night ministry. And we do that for the month of July and August. Then in September, we start again with all our connect groups and, um, and Sunday School Bible Institute. All the ministries, we just, we just come and, and we start all over again. They say September is the second new year of the church. And we treat it that way here at Halloween. Uh, so... Um, Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 4, our theme today is full restoration. The Bible reads, When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hands and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed from his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. 
Father, I pray that your word would speak to our hearts today, draw us closer to you, that your word would awaken something within us to increase our faith in you, Lord, and put our faith in all that you have for us. I pray that you would use me, Lord, as a, a speaker of your voice. I pray that you would place an anointing upon me for this hour. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, full restoration, and, uh, and I, I greet uh, some of you who are here that we haven't seen in a, in, in a little while. You know who you are. Just so happy that you're also here with us this morning. So I, I love this story. It's a story that shows us of the mercy and the compassion uh, of Jesus, how he heals this man who was in need of a touch from him. You know, all of us who have come to know Jesus, at one time or another, we had an encounter with him that really changed, my li uh, changed our lives. I could remember an, an incident for me. Uh, I was at a, a vigil. Uh, I was probably about 18, 19, maybe 20 years old. Now, I grew up in church, and I, I, I always loved Jesus, but I had this, this encounter at this vigil. I remember it touched my life. I leaned over a speaker uh, back then. I'm going back 32 years. The speakers were a lot bigger back then, right? Uh, and I, I remember leaning over the speaker and just weeping before the presence of the Lord. And it was, no one laid hands on me. No one prayed over me. No, no. It was just a moment where I felt that the Holy Spirit was letting me know, I want to do something special in your life. Are, are you open to allowing me to do something special in your life? And I remember it marked my, my life that night as a, uh, as a night of testimony where I could even share today. And though it was probably over three decades ago, uh, I, I remember it as one that really was life-changing. It was a touch of Jesus that really brought a restoration, a full restoration uh, to my life. Perhaps there's someone here today who feels that they need restoration. They feel that they need, it's time for a change. It's time for something new. It's time for a, a revival to bring to life something that uh, uh, needs life within us. I, I love the story of this man who had leprosy in the scriptures that we read. So Matthew chapter 8, we read these first three verses. This man with leprosy, he came and he met Jesus where he was. He was among the crowd of people. But he steps out of the crowd and he tells Jesus, hey, if you're willing, you can make me well. And Jesus says, I am willing, touches him. And at the moment, the Bible says that he is completely cleansed of all his leprosy. Now, leprosy in the time of Jesus was a real, uh, was a real devastating sickness. It was devastating because it was contagious. It was devastating because it, it slowly uh, killed you. It slowly deteriorated your body and, and it brought you to a place of ultimate death. But it also affected you. Not only did it affect you physically, it affected you socially. Because, because of leprosy, now you were an outcast. You could not live among your people. You cannot live among your family. You cannot live in your community. You cannot go to the temple to pray. You cannot sit with the people in the synagogue. No, you were not allowed. Why? Because you had leprosy. So you were physically um, sick. You were also socially isolated. You had to live in the outskirts of the city. Many of them lived in the dumps where they found their food and they found a way to sustain themselves. And their only community were other people who had leprosy. In fact, if they were walking down and they saw people who were well, um, they, would have, they had the legal responsibility to yell, unclean, unclean. And that would tell the people, stay away from that person because that person has leprosy. So they were physically affected, they were socially affected, 
And then they were spiritually affected. Because somebody with leprosy at that time, it was believed that your father must have done something that offended God. Your father must have done something that uh, offended God, or you may have done something that offended God, but it was believed that it was generational. It was a generational curse. So you had no right to uh, anything that God could offer you. You had no right to the synagogue, no right to the priest, no right to being ceremonially clean because you were cursed by God. So the leper of that time was physically sick, socially isolated, and spiritually condemned. It was devastating for somebody with leprosy. Now think of the story in Matthew chapter 8. There's a multitude, and the man of leprosy is in the midst of the multitude. He's hiding himself there, looking for Jesus, looking for healing, looking for full restoration. He was looking for physical restoration. He was looking for social restoration. And he was looking for spiritual restoration. We live in a time in our lives where people need restoration. We live in a time in our lives where people need physical healing. Their homes at times are not what they wish it would be, our circumstance that we live in is, is not what we wish it would be. Um, perhaps we're dealing with something physical. Uh, socially, we feel marginalized, isolated. Uh, perhaps it could be for any particular view that we may have. Maybe our, our own sin, our own failures, our own mindset um, has isolated us from others and we feel socially marginalized, isolated. And maybe we're struggling with our walk with God, and we feel like, you know, I'm, could God really want me? Could God really be interested in me? Look at the way that I've lived. Look at the, the things I've done. And, and we begin to almost bring a curse upon us, thinking that we are not worthy of a relationship with Jesus. But I want to remind you today, perhaps there's someone that feels physically or socially or, or, or spiritually in need. I want to tell you that, that Jesus is for all people, and he brings Full restoration to the life of the believer. Full restoration. When you come to know Jesus, he touches every aspect of your life. And he makes all things new. I love that the Bible teaches us he just doesn't make us better. He doesn't improve us. The old is gone. Behold, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Full restoration. Looking at this story in Matthew chapter 8, there are three observations I'd like to share with you, three points. The first one is uh, Jesus is for all people. He's for all people. I love that the Bible says in verse 1 of this, this, this chapter we read, when, when Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. Everybody followed him. Why? Jesus is for all people. He's not just for men. He's not just for women. He's just, not just for youth. He's not just for children. He's not just for Hispanics. He's not just for, for African Americans. He's not just for Anglo. No, he, he is for all people. Jesus is for all people. And he proves that in the scripture. In fact, when we look at it, Jesus teaches us that, that he is for all people. He's for women, right? In, in fact, in the Bible time, women had no value. In society, they had no vote. They had no value. They had no right. They could not publicly speak. They had no right to, to approach and touch someone else. They were socially second class in the time of Jesus. 
but Jesus honors the women in his time. You remember many of the stories, the woman with the issue of blood, 12 years of bleeding, and, and she finds her way through the crowds and she touches the hem of Jesus and the Bible says that power comes from him and heals her. And he honored her publicly. And he said, power has come forth. Honoring her publicly. Remember the, Sam the Samaritan woman who needed restoration? Jesus re restores the Samaritan woman. The woman caught in the act of adultery. Jesus forgives her publicly. Why? Because Jesus is for all people. He's for women. Jesus gives attention to the children. Remember Mark chapter 10? He says, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to them. He shows himself for all people. For women, for children. There was a young man that approached Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, follow the commandments. And he said, I've done this since I was a child. Uh, Jesus says, then give all that you have, sell all that you have, give it to the poor, and come follow me. He gave him direction. Why? Because he's in there for the youth and the children as well. Jesus is interested in all people. He's interested in the tax collectors. In the Bible, the tax collectors were the lowest people in society. You had prostitutes and you had tax collectors. They were the same level. That's how tax collectors were looked upon in the scripture. They were traitors. They, had, they were traitors to their own people. They were Hebrew people that were, were, were uh, committed and loyal only to the Roman government. And they were seen as traitors, hated by their own people not welcomed in their own community, not welcomed in the synagogue. They were, they were uh, uh, um, tax collectors, traitors. No one wanted anything to do. Their own community was their own community only. Jesus approaches the lows of the lows, the tax collectors. And he tells one Levi in Mark chapter 5, while he was collecting taxes, he tells them, Levi, come and follow me. To Zacchaeus, a tax collector, he told them, today I will abide in your house. Jesus is interested in all people. Maybe there's someone here who feels like, man, I'm, I'm at the low of the low. I've done some things that no one knows. I want to tell you that today Jesus looks at you and says, I want to abide in your house this morning. I want to abide in your house. Jesus is in it for all people, for women, for you, for children and youth, for tax collectors. He's in it for all people. I love that Jesus gives attention to the sick. I love that he heals the blind. There was a man paralyzed. No one wanted to help him. For 38 years, he was paralyzed. And they had a belief where he was at, that in the pool of Bethesda, that, well, that an angel would come from heaven and shake the waters, and the first person in the waters would heal. This man, 38 years paralyzed. No one wanted to help him into the waters. Jesus comes in, looks at him, and says, uh, take up your mat, get up, and walk. I love that story because later on Jesus finds him in the temple and Jesus says, look, look, it's, it's nice to see that you are well. How many know that a touch of Jesus makes us well? He's in it for all people. In the story that we read in Matthew chapter 8, the multitude would follow Jesus. Why? Because he's in it for all people. You know, there are some strands of Christianity that believe that we're just, a, there's a few that are chosen only. There's some strands of Christianity that preach that, that there's some chosen people only. But the Bible tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever would believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He's in it for all people, right? Romans chapter 5 verse 18 says, Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in the condemnation of all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification for life for all people. 
He is in it for all people. Jesus came to earth for all people. So today, we're here today. And perhaps we're here for different reasons, but we're here because ultimately God has drawn us here. Maybe you've been invited by someone. Maybe you're a faithful church attendee. Maybe you've been a member of ECC for many years. But the reality is, if we're here this morning, it is because God's sovereign will has brought us here this morning. And I love that the Bible tells us that He chose us before the creation of the world. And He chose us to be holy and blameless in his sight. I don't know if that means anything to you, but when I think that Jesus has chosen me, if you walk with me long enough, you'll know of all our imperfections. Walk with me long enough, you're going to be like, tenemos que orar por ese pastor. Because we all, we all have sinned. We all have fallen short the glory of God. The Bible says that there's no one righteous, not even one. But Jesus, before creation, has chosen you and he has chosen me. And he is for all people. He's for all people. Why? He likes to bring full restoration to his creation. He wants to, he wants to restore us all physically, socially, and spiritually. He is in for all people. And I love that Jesus, he is knocking at our door. Revelation 3.20 says, here I am, I stand at the door. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. I love it. He says, I knock at the door of your heart. And that verse in original language is exclamation mark. It's, it's, it's a shout out. He's saying, I stand at the door and knock if anyone would hear my voice. It's a passionate shout saying, I am interested in my creation. And what is the goal of Jesus? To bring full restoration to his creation. Socially, physically, and spiritually as well. Perhaps there's someone here today who says, man, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of my condition. I'm tired of my condition. I'm tired of the way that I'm living. I need, I need a full restoration on my life. And the church says, amen. amen. So we're talking about full restoration. The first one is, um, Jesus is for all people. He is for all people. Um, Jesus is for all people. Number two, uh, it's not time to hide. It's not time to hide. A man with leprosy, verse 2, came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, there is a great dynamic behind what's happening here. So this man with leprosy who should not be among the multitude because he is contagious and he is unclean. In fact, it was illegal for him to be there. He should have been shouting, uh, unclean, 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 and everybody would have dispersed from that area. But he was probably covered, covering his shame, covering his sickness, covering his isolation. He was probably covered, not revealing his sickness. Uh, and at a moment, he reveals himself. You know, people hide in the crowd. Why? Because in the crowd, no one can see my leprosy. In the crowd, no one can see, you know, my failures. No one can see my hurt. No one can see my pain. No one can see my shame. No one can see my needs. So they, they hide within the crowd and they cover themselves because here, no one knows what I'm battling with. But for us to have full restoration, we need to know it's not time to hide. 
it's time to come before Christ transparent and saying, uh, if you're willing, you can make me well. This man with leprosy, he jumped out to a crowd. He approached Jesus. Uh, perhaps the other religious people looking at him thought, how dare this man? Somebody needs to go, go condemn him eternally. Others stepped out, but this man was looking for grace. Something that he didn't deserve. So he steps out and he approaches Jesus, revealing himself, revealing his need. And he says, Lord, if you're willing you can make me clean. You know, for restoration, we all need to recognize our state of need. For restoration, we need to recognize our state. You know, we, we can't walk around that all is well when all is not well. For us to receive full restoration, we need to recognize our need. And, and we all, every one of us, are beggars that have found bread. Every one of us have come to the realization that we, without Christ, we are lost. And the Bible tells us and reminds us that there's no one righteous. There's no one that's perfect. All have failed. All have sinned. But it's time to recognize our need for restoration and approach Jesus. Uh, we are reminded today that all of us battle things we all battle things like lust and jealousy and pride and anger and bitterness. We, we all deal with things. We all deal with needs, needs in our homes. Our, our, our homes may, may, may be a mess. Our matrimonies need restoration. Our children are going down the wrong path. Our finances are disorganized. Uh, some of us even have a hard time sleeping at night. There is a need within us. We lack fulfillment and purpose and, and we need restoration. We don't know what is next. We don't know what God is calling us for. We feel empty and unfulfilled. We're unsure of eternity. And we deal with this. And we cover ourselves among the multitude. Because no one can see me. No one can know. Uh, it's, it's my problem. You know, sometimes even the, the Hispanic eagle says, you know, uh, lo que sucede en la casa se queda en la casa. Right? And, and we, we, we hide it. What, what happens in the home stays in the home. And, and we, we hide it, right? Because we think that that's how we can manage it. But for full restoration, we must come transparent before Jesus and say, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me well. You can make me well. There's so many Bible verses that we can talk about that talk about just confessing of sin and need before Christ for healing and for peace. Perhaps there's someone here today that you feel like I am in need of, of restoration. And I've been walking around with this for a long time. I want to tell you today, today is a day to approach Jesus and say, Lord, here I am. I approach you with, with all my need. I recognize that I need full restoration and believe God for a work in your life that will change your life forever because one touch of Jesus restores us completely. And the church says, Amen. and my third point this morning is, as we're talking about full restoration, for full restoration we come to know that Jesus is for all people. For, for full restoration we need to be transparent and vulnerable before Christ. It's not time to hide. And for full restoration, number three, recognize who Jesus is. 
come to know who Jesus is. And Jesus, we can talk about many of the attributes and characteristics of who he is. But looking at the story, there's three things that we can just identify who he is. The first one is Jesus is compassionate. He is a compassionate God. Many times in the, in the Bible we read that he was moved by compassion. He was moved by compassion. Why? Because he loves us. He loves the sinner. He loves the broken. He loves the marginalized. He loves the one that is in need. Uh, Jesus teaches us that he goes way out of his way for one sheep. He'll leave the 99 for one. No matter what we have done, no matter where we have failed him, no matter how we have lived, he's interested in us. Why? Because he is compassionate for us. You know when we watch TV and we see a, a commercial for hungry kids? And we go, bendito. Oh my God. Oh man. Señor, bendícelos, ayúdalos. And we think that that's compassion. Well, that, that's not compassion. That's a, a feeling that we have that we want to help and feel bad. But compassion is wrapped up with this intense desire to alleviate the weight, to make a difference. When it's said that Jesus is compassionate, uh, it's reminding us that he has a strong desire to alleviate the suffering. It is an action that is taken because he is compassionate. Compassionate, it comes along with an action that is taken for change. When it's said that Jesus had compassion, he didn't look and walk away. He looked, touched, and restored he was compassionate for this man with leprosy. The Bible says, but you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abundant in love, and faithful. Perhaps you're here today and you feel like, oh, I, I am in need of God. I am in need of full restoration. I want to tell you that, that Jesus is compassionate. And he wants to alleviate the weight that you carry today and bring full restoration full restoration to your life. And the church says, who, who, recognizing who Jesus is, he's compassionate, and then he's also powerful. He's all-powerful. Uh, he can do all things. Uh, Jesus doesn't have to increase in power. He is all-powerful, and there's nothing that he can't do. There's no sickness that he can't heal. There's no yoke of the enemy that he cannot destroy. There's no chain that he cannot break. There's no uh, brokenness that he cannot heal. There's no discouragement that he can bring encouragement to. I want to let you know that he is all-powerful. And sometimes we approach him trying to fix it ourselves and we leave the same way. But when we surrender our lives to God, He breaks every chain. He releases us from the yoke of the enemy. He liberates us from any addiction. He can bring healing to our body, restores our homes, restores our matrimonies, restores our children. Why? Because He is all-powerful. Come to know who it is that we're approaching. He is not a religious symbol or a historical figure. He's not a mystical God. He is all-powerful. And when we approach him, there is nothing impossible for him. Yeah. Know who it is. Know who it is that we approach. One who is compassionate. 
wants to alleviate the weight. One who is all-powerful, who can change our lives simply with a touch, like he did for this uh, leopard man. And number three, he is willing. I love that this man approached Jesus, recognizing that he could. And he said, Lord, if you were willing, you can make me well. You can restore me if you're willing. I love that Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man. Again, uh, something uh, illegal to do at the time. But Jesus reached out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing. Be clean. Immediately he was cleaned of his leprosy. I want to let you know that Jesus, he's willing. He's willing to restore us. He's willing to, bring all, to make all things new in our lives. He's willing to restore our home, to uh, restore us socially, to release us from any condemnation spiritually. He is willing to make a change in our lives that will change our lives forever. It's not a guessing game with him. He doesn't have any favorites. It's not a maybe. He says, absolutely, anyone who approaches me, revealing their need, I am willing. He's compassionate, he's powerful enough, and he is willing. And the church says, as I close this teaching with the help of the musicians this morning, so today we're talking about full restoration. This man with leprosy, physically he needed to be restored. Socially, he needed to be restored. Spiritually, he needed to be restored. Physically, his life was condemned, suffering, sickness. Socially, he could not be with his family. He could not worship in the synagogue. He could not be among the community, isolated. Spiritually, someone in his family must have offended God because God has cursed him. So, we're reminded today, for full restoration, three things. One, Jesus is for all people. No matter the skin color, the language that we speak, the place that we were born, our social status, Jesus is for all people. No matter if we're women, men, children, youth, Jesus is for all people. No matter if we have lived a life of, of sin and shame to this moment, no matter if we've heard to this moment, Jesus is for all people. There's no one that he will reject. There is no one that he will say no to. But he is looking to restore all people. But he's looking for people that say, I need you. Not to walk around the community covered, hiding. But people that say, here I am, God. My home needs you. My family needs you. I need you. I'm stuck on addictions. I got a yoke that I can't break. I'm, I'm lost, God. I'm lost. I've, I've given in to my own sinful nature and I find myself in need. Someone who's willing to unveil themselves and say, God, would you touch my life and restore me completely? That person will have an encounter with a Jesus that is compassionate, 
alleviates the person of their need at that moment. Will not just observe, but he, he is a God of action. Not only is he compassionate with a good will, but he's powerful enough to do it. He can do it no matter what yoke or what burden or what chain or what circumstance or what brokenness. He is all powerful enough to do it. And not only is he compassionate and powerful, but he is also willing. He wants to do it. He wants to do it. He wants to bring full restoration to his people. Why? Because before creation, he already loved us and called us to a life of holiness and consecration and oneness with him. So Jesus, he restores us completely. And the church says, Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand. Can you give the Lord a hand clap this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As I... As we get ready to close our service this morning, perhaps there's someone here today that you feel Jesus touching at your heart. You feel him knocking at your heart this morning. You know that God is, is speaking to you today. And he says, I want to restore you completely. You, you don't have to walk around covered, isolated. You don't have to walk around anymore uh, uncertain of eternity, uncertain of what I want to do in your life. No one is perfect and no one will ever be perfect. But there are a bunch in the crowd that need to say, I need to step out of this crowd and find myself with Jesus. Find myself for full restoration. If you're here today and the Lord is knocking at the heart of your door, I'm going to ask you to be bold this morning because this man with leprosy, he was bold to step out. To step out in his circumstance, he was bold. But because he desired, he desired full restoration more than anything else. He was willing to risk it all to be healed, to be well, to be restored. If you're here today and you're saying, oh man, God is talking to me. I know I need to make some changes. And it starts here, revealing myself only to Christ. Here we don't believe that you got to confess your sins to man, only to Jesus. And he will make you well. One touch of Jesus makes us well. As we sing this next song, if the Lord is touching your heart, would you be bold enough to join us here at the altar um, and, and allow us to pray with you? And we will pray with you and a prayer of faith that I believe will change your life forever and your future days with Christ will be better than your past days. And the church says, so if the Lord is speaking to you this morning, I'm going to invite you as we sing this next song to join me here at the altar. I would love to pray with you this morning and our pastors would love to pray with you this morning. Who am I that the highest king 
Thank you for taking the time to listen to this sermon. We pray it blesses and encourages your life. 